Welcome to Happily Ever After is just the beginning. Keeping your relationship not just together, but happy, and we mean truly happy, is part art and part science. You've come to the right place. Here's your host, Leslie Dorries. One of the biggest challenges that many couples face is taking the focus off of their partner and looking at what they themselves are contributing to their relationship. And the blunt truth is that you have ownership in what your relationship looks like. It may not be 50-50 responsibility, but you play a part if your marriage isn't what you want it to be. You, me, and everyone else teach people how to treat us, which means you have the power to change your relationship for the better. And speaker, author, coach, and true renaissance man, James Mapes is back to talk about steps you can take to do just that. So James, thanks so much for coming back on the show and talking about what is such an important topic. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. I, I, I think about this all the time in my friendships and relationships, so I'm so glad to be on the show. So I wanted to talk about the recent piece you wrote for the Good Men Project titled Four Quantum Leap Thinking Strategies for Exceptional Relationships. And I love that quantum leap because it's, we're really going to we're messing we're going to be messing with people's heads today. So the first yes. strategy that you talk about is set standards for what you want from your relationships. So what actually does it entail? to set standards, and why should we have, you know, what's the purpose of having standards? Aren't we just supposed to, well, like, I'd, fall in love and just, like, go? <laughs> oh, yeah, wouldn't that be something? <laughs> well, what, the, the big statement to kick this off is people will treat you the way they perceive you, and that goes for your partner, it goes for your friends, it goes for uh, the, the, the checkout person. Mm -hmm. They will treat you the way they perceive you. So if you're rude or, you know, whatever, they're going to treat you or loving or whatever. But if, if you don't know, and this is the problem, if you don't know how you want to be treated, you'll be unable to ask people to treat you that way. That's the bottom line. And a lot of people don't know what, what do you want and need so you can communicate it. If you, then that's another step is communicating right. it, of course. Right. Um, so, so the questions that I always ask clients is what do you expect from your relationship or the relationship they're having an issue with? Mm -hmm. And I always talk about expectations being the source of all anxiety. Oh, yeah. In fact, I'm writing another article on that now <laughs> because people just, I don't know, they expect people to, well, listen, every, I swear that many couples believe they should read each other's minds. Oh, gosh, and yes. The big, you know, and, and, oh. and it's one of the great flaws of thinking is no one can read your mind. And how often have you heard when you coach people, well, they should have known or he should have known right. or she should have known or my well, friend should have known. No, well, but, I don't, I don't okay. think so. Right? But, but James, if, if, if they loved me, they would just know. There it is. There it is, right, right there. So I think it requires introspection, which not a lot of people like to do, but if you want to grow in this area, it's really be truthful. What, 
and ask this, like as if I were that, what do mm-hmm. I expect from this relationship? And I've thought long and hard about it when I meet someone new because mm-hmm. I'm, both my wife and I are social, so we're always meeting people. Every once in a while, someone wants to become a friend, and I've got yeah. to get to know them before yeah. I can treat them as a friend. Right. And this is the second one. What do I feel I deserve mm. from this relationship? Because if your self-worth is low, you will not speak the truth about setting standards for your relationships. And then, but you also have to look at, okay, what am I getting from this relationship? Uh-huh. And that's, that's the third important question to ask yourself. And uh-huh. what do I want that I'm not receiving? Which could be, uh, and I talk, we talked before we went on the air, I learned this from my first marriage of 16 years, and I've been married 38 since, and never has this, I, was, I grew up. And that is intimacy, meaning intimacy coupled with time and communication, Uh meaning listen and don't try. I'm talking as a man now. (laughs) Don't try to fix the bloody problem because men, I swear, I work out five days a week in a gym. All I do is listen. I never (laughs) engage in conversation. And what I hear there, I say, I come home and I say, you know, if I wanted 20 clients a a day, And they were willing, I could have them because they really need to understand their spouse or their girlfriend or or whatever. Or their child or their coworker. I mean, I mean, but you, cause it's because you, this is the thing. And, um, you, I, I talk about expectations being the gremlins of relationships because, and, and, and expectations, I mean, we all have them. They're not necessarily bad. But where the problem comes in is if they're unspoken and unagreed to. Because I can have an expectation of somebody, and I can even tell them that this is what I expect. But if they don't agree to it, then we're, then we're already going to be you know, having, having you know, some, some disagreements about that. Well, that's um, like setting standards for what you want from yeah. your relationship. And then it, you have to flip it around and ask the question, what am I giving to this relationship mm. or what am I withholding from this relationship? Now, I, I do this a lot, and I, so I withhold, uh, and it's okay. If I, if I can name it and I say, what am I giving? Some people just like to be too close too often, meaning uh-huh. I'm a writer I'm, I, and I'm a loner, and I'm right. kind of a hermit. Mm-hmm. My wife drives our social life, mm-hmm. uh, and, and I'm very happy with myself. So I could, right. you know, cook dinner every night, and right. she's a movie critic, and we watch a movie every night. So I have to look at my, my own weirdness, because I, 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 I think I am kind of weird, uh, <laughs> to, to, to be able to do that. And, and, you know, what am I avoiding? What am I denying? What am right. I not giving? What can I give? Personal well, and professional. Yeah, I mean, and it's, you know, because, I mean, as you're talking about this, because it's like, um, and, and it was funny because when my daughter got married, were, were they married yet? Maybe it was, the, it was either the Thanksgiving just after they got married or maybe the one before. But um, she and, and the, my now son-in-law had two Thanksgiving dinners because – 
<laughs> you know, I mean, on Thanksgiving Day. And later she said, I'm never doing that again. I said, honey, I never asked you to do that. I never, it's like, I have no issue if you want to go have Thanksgiving on Thanksgiving Day with your in-laws. That's perfectly fine. I'm not going to get my knickers in a knot about it. But there was this expectation, she, she perceived an expectation, right, that she had to go both places. It's like, you want to talk to me about this, sweetie? Because that wasn't, you know, that's not a deal. Um, but but we do we get wrapped up in in these in these things and and half the time we never even check to see if it's necessary. That is true. And but again, go back to fear and guilt. With guilt, mm -hmm. to me, is mm -hmm. is one of the most pervasive fears because yes. often you don't even know it's op well fears in wow. general. But guilt is a horribly manipulate manipulating oh, uh, fear. Yeah. Yeah. So the second strategy you talk about is obviously related to the first one. Determine yes, your, is. quote, rules for relationships, unquote, and communicate them. And it's, it's interesting because I talk about, you know, with my clients or, you know, on this show, whoever wants to talk to me about it, is that you know, there, there, are, there are laws of relationships. There are rules of relationships. Just like there are laws of physics, there are things that work. There are things that don't work. Now, again, some of this is, is personal, right, that, you know, I may, I may interpret this, this rule in this way. But why should we have rules? I like to call them boundaries, but I know you're calling them rules. So, so <laughs> what are some could, examples I, of them? Boundaries. Yeah, boundaries work <laughs> yeah. because it, it's pretty, it, it pretty much is the same, a little different. As I go right. back to say, again, we're not mind readers. Right. Um, and, and we often, it, I wrote this in the article. This is a sentence I remember. You, you must never assume that people know your rules. Uh -huh. And if you, and we all have them. We right. all have them. Now, this is where... Uh, the discomfort of people come in because they have to turn the mirror inward and look at their rules. Rather, you know, again, it, they're different at home. They're different at work. Uh, how do they change? And how can you expect others to know if you don't participate uh -huh. in, in this? I mean, you know, and I'm sure you've talked to many people who have been divorced, and mostly they complain about it. But uh -huh. when I dig into what caused it, I ask certain questions like we're talking about, and they don't get angry with me. What they say is, I wish I would have known what I know now, right now, yes. then. Because mm -hmm. nobody, there's no school for this. <laughs> No, and there. And by the way, there should be. I I truly believe everybody should have to take a relationship 101 class. Everybody on the planet. I agree with you. I agree with you. Uh, and the other thing that I thought about uh, as I was writing this is, listen, all this presupposes that you're not a tyrant. Right. Right. That your rules are are not destructive. If they're destructive, uh, or or they are created to keep people from expressing their truth, right. then you become a dictator. Right. So what are ex some examples? I mean, the, the one that popped into my head about a rule um, for marriage, and it happens to be one that my husband and I have, is that we are not sexual with anybody other than each other. 
is <laughs> is one of our rules. Um, but and, and we've also communicated that rule too. That is not that was not an assumption. We actually, I mean, sometimes we'll joke about it because, um, you know, I I joke about my you know my my imaginary friend Rex who comes over and keeps me company when my husband is out of town. But it's all, but it's all, I mean, but it's a joke, but we've actually talked about it. So what are some of other examples of rules of relationship? Okay, I'll tell you other. By the way, I, my, my thing with my wife is just be careful. Trixie and Dixie have been around for a long time. <laughs> they're not, they're not 18 they're not right. about in their forties, but you know, you got, you know, you got it. <laughs> yep, yep. And she laughs and laughs. Oh yeah. Okay, here are a couple examples. Um, communication, as you know, is everything. Mm-hmm. And there are, there's a there's a friend of my wife's uh, who would communicate every single day. She lives in well, never mind. She's out of the country. Mm-hmm. She would communicate every single day for about a half hour. Uh, and it and it it's enough to drive her nuts. Now there are certain rules that I have. Mostly, well, I was going to say mostly with men, but this is not true. Other than my wife, I don't have to be communicated with by the closest people in my life, except to say hi once a week. How right. are you doing? Right. How are you doing? Is there something I can do for you? Uh, and uh-huh. I always give I always give them permission to call me if they need something because I. I'm really a good friend, and I'll right. be there in a heartbeat. Nobody has ever called me for anything mm-hmm. that I would jump right. jump to it. So if let's suppose with a friend, my feelings are hurt because I don't hear from this friend every day. Right. Or maybe even for a month, which happens, mm-hmm. but my feelings not hurt. But it could, they could be mm-hmm. because one of my rules for friendship, and I act in accordance with it, uh, is giving people freedom, and they know I love them. I'm I'm a I'm a I'm soppy guy. So I <laughs> there are a couple of my friends who have never said I love you, but they do love me a lot. Right. Uh, I just was raised with you know I I, I I'm just a teacher too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now I'm so glad COVID's over because <laughs> I'm back. I'm back. <laughs> And the one thing with my wife that is really important, and I and this was in the article because uh, she is a writer. She reviews 320 movies and streaming things wow. a year, plus Broadway and off Broadway. Right. And so she is constantly churning out reviews, which are very hard because there's no wow. one that reviews anything like she the, the way she does. So I I I can't just go up and bother her, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have, right. and I've learned, and she's come down with me, and I bark. I call right. it barking. Because mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. you know, when you're interrupted, uh, or maybe not everyone knows this, it takes right. at least 10 minutes to get back in the groove. Mm-hmm. So, so when I'm on the road, it's different. Then we speak every day. She wants to know because sure. she worries about me. Uh, and I, so I, uh, the first thing I do getting in the hotel, give her my number in the room, right. you know, she's got my cell, I'm always available. And she wants just to know, like she does with her grandchildren and her kids. Uh-huh. It's not, it's not, uh, is, are you okay? I right. never, ever, <laughs> ever have to say to her, I'll be back at, you know, and she'll never say to me, when are you going to be back? 
Right. And I never ask her that question right. because she's a responsible adult. <laughs> right. You know she's you know she's com- you know you know she's coming home. Um, yeah. I mean, and, and you know, I mean, and these are and, and some of these things that that are rules. I mean, things like I expect honesty, and I expect kindness. <laughs> you know, not that not that you can never be upset with me or whatever, but but. Those are, you know, it's like I don't want to hang around people that don't make me feel good. <laughs> well, yeah, and I don't even, I don't even, I'm not going to change anyone. So, right, uh, if, absolutely. If somebody is a jerk or if somebody is not kind or lies, and, and one of the big things is make if you make a date with me uh-huh. and you show up or call me a half hour late. The emotional bank account of respect goes down. Yep. And I've got a couple of friends, and they are friends, but right now one of them's down real low. Right. And I don't, you know, we're all busy. We're all busy. Right. Um, now, so so what do you do about it? So let's let's say to your listeners, if you want to grow in this area, choose one of your closest relationships. Write down the name. Because you don't, if you do this in your head, it just doesn't work as much. Uh-huh. And then list at least three underlying rules you have set for this relationship. Now, this requires self-reflection. Uh-huh. And you will have at least three. Three is very easy. Uh-huh. So that's, that kicks your awareness in. You know, how much time do you expect right. to be in the person's company? How frequently should you communicate? How honest do you expect that person to be with you? That's it. Once you've done that, you're on your way to knowing if you want to keep the relationship. Right. So I want to remind my listeners that this is Happily Ever After is just the beginning on webtalkradio.net. I'm Leslie Dorries, and I'm talking with speaker, author, coach, and renaissance man, James Mapes, about steps you can take to make a real difference in your relationship for the better. If there are things about your marriage that you wish were different, you're not alone. And you have the power to make things better. It's not enough to just want things to change. You actually have to take action. And one action you can take is to schedule your five-star relationship discovery session with me. You can reach me by email at leslie, L-E-S-L-I, at foundationscoachingnc.com. That's F-O-U-N-D-A-T-I-O-N-S, coaching, N as in Nancy, C as in charlie.com. Or you can reach me by phone at area code 919-924-0463. Again, that's 919-924-0463. And now I want to get back to this discussion about quantum steps in your relationship. So, James, the third strategy you, you talk about is, and I love this, when someone ignores your standards and pushes over the line, communicate your concern. Now, how we communicate, I think, is important. But this is, this is one suggestion that I know people struggle with, but it's really at the heart of teaching people how to treat us. So can you explain why this particular thing is so important? Well, it's a very important because if you have a relationship that's lacking, uh, you're, you're either beat yourself up or you're whatever. Most people suppress their honesty or especially their anger. Once you uh-huh. do that, you are chipping away at 
healing and you're chipping away or like you're digging a ditch that puts the relationship in the ditch because suppressed mm-hmm. anger, it's always going to come out. Right. Always. Oh, yeah, one way or another. Unexpected, uh, in inappropriate ways. Maybe it's a sudden blow up or you start. This is why I hate this. Hurtful name calling. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I never, uh, and I, I shouldn't say I, 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 <laughs> I, but I am. And that is uh, when I hear couples, and I do, say something, hurtful name-calling, I know right then uh-huh. that there's, there's an issue with their uh, relationship, whatever that issue is. Right. Or you let them get away with it. That's uh-huh. the other thing that goes back to one of the other rules. And then it will result in sabotaging behavior. And then if none of that happens, it's stress-related illness. You, you, right. you are sick a lot. Uh, and we all know what stress does. So, right. So, uh, well, I mean, many ways, and you teach many ways of how to lower it. And but the more honest you are, and and don't allow people to uh, uh, ignore your standards, the less mm-hmm. stress you're going to be under. Well, and it's and it's really interesting because I talk with my clients about setting boundaries and you know establishing their rules and what's okay and what's not okay, and then I tell them pushback is a feature of boundary setting, not a flaw. Any parent, if they don't expect pushback from rules that they set for their kids is either delusional or their children are in comas. <laughs> because, I mean, oh, I love it. <laughs> it's true. I mean, that is absolutely true. And, and, and it's funny because we sort of expect it from our children, but we, it seems to surprise us when we when we get pushback from from somebody else. I mean, because you know, and because if I set a rule, if I say you know this this is this is how I expect to be treated, and and somebody doesn't treat me that way, and I go to them and and do what you're saying, communicate my concern. It's like, excuse me, was I not clear about this? <laughs> that calling me names. It's like you know, I've told my kids. You know, it's okay to be upset with each other. You may not wail on each other. You may not physically attack each other. That's not okay. Um, but you yeah. know, this <laughs> this idea that I set a rule, you know, that I set a boundary, and then somebody pushes against it, like, you know, um, I've I've had people where you know um, their in laws just basically walk into their house any time. Um, that would not no, fly in my house. not acceptable. <laughs> it's like, no. I'm sorry. No. <laughs> you know, and, and, you know and, and then, of course, we were talking about, you know, the manipulation or the guilt of, well, you don't love me. It's like, okay, that's, that is, no, we're not going there. That is not what this is about. This is about what I need to do to feel okay in my life, in this relationship, in whatever. And, you know, would you please acknowledge and respect my boundaries? And that, you know, but that's a really tough thing to have because we were talking earlier before we went on air about the fear and, and that if I stand up to my partner and say that's not okay, that somehow I'm going to, you know, it's, it's going to create a problem in the relationship. And it's like, well, if you don't speak up, it's also going to create a problem in the relationship is what I'm hearing you say. Yeah, and also, I, I, 
how do I put this? <laughs> with anyone that I need to communicate something that I feel is negative, mm-hmm. I will look them in the eye and say, or I'll pr- probably touch them because right. that's I'm a toucher. Right. And I'll say, understand that I'm, I want to talk to you about something, but I want you to know that I love you, I value you, and you're one of the closest people in my life. And then I communicate without blame. Uh-huh. And not, then by the time I've said I love you and you're valued, I'm not right. going to be angry. So right. you communicate with anger, you're dead. But oh, yeah. blame, if people feel blamed, it's the end of the conversation right there. Right. Um, yes. Anyhow, so, so I, I, that's, what, that's what I suggest that people do. Now, not everyone's comfortable with that. Nope. But if, if you have a relationship that's close and you are unable to say, I love and value you uh, and we need to talk about something, then you're operating from F-E-A-R. <laughs> you know? and, and I ask, there's a question that I always ask, there's a, pay, there's a payoff for everything we do and don't do. Yeah. So what is your payoff for not uh-huh. speaking the truth? What do you right. think you were accomplishing by not communicating? And it's, but that's, those are tough questions, but those, those right. are key questions. Well, and, and the answer that sprung to mind when you asked that is avoiding conflict. And my rule of thumb is you can't avoid it, you merely postpone it. And the yes. longer you postpone it. And then it, you, you suppress. Yeah. And once right. you suppress, you pay the price. Yeah. You're, paying, you're punishing yourself for something you didn't do. Right. And, and, and like you said, the answer isn't to approach the person in anger or frustration or, or harshness or blame because, of course, like you said, that's just going to derail the conversation. Um, but, but learning how to have those conversations is critical. And then I, I want to talk about the last, um, strategy you propose, which is a really, really tough one, which is if you have given everything you can to the relationship and it still doesn't work, be willing to let it go. That one, <laughs> that one's big because this is where I think a lot of people get stuck because they're, they're afraid of the relationship ending. And so they will compromise themselves, turn themselves into pretzels, the people pleasers of the world, you know, trying to, you know, trying to make their partner happy. Let's not go there. That's a, whole, that's a conversation for another day. But any recommendations you have for how to make this easier? Well, just so people don't feel terrible about this, is letting go of anything, including the junk in your house or <laughs> a habit or, you know, let's just forget people for just right. one second. Letting go is the toughest thing, uh, one of the toughest things. I don't know if it's the toughest, but it certainly uh-huh. is near the top of, of uh, letting go of a belief, letting yeah. go of, you know, that's why uh, we won't even enter politics here, but <laughs> letting go. So right. at all, and people also forget that all successful relationships require continuous compromise. Mm-hmm. Uh, and sometimes, once, even if you do everything you should do, compromise, clear and loving communications, mm-hmm. sometimes it just doesn't work. You cannot, and I say this again so your right. listeners can hear it. This may not apply to children when they're young, but right. you can't change anyone. As a, as a parent, 
you can teach, and that has its own set of uh, agony. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. You know, loving someone does not require that you suffer. That's all. It doesn't require you suffer. Right. Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, and and but there was also there was also a very interesting thing you put in there. It's like if you've done everything, and a lot of that's time, a, that's, yeah. and and one of those things that I really do think people that that can help people is to co- go to somebody outside, whether it's a therapist or a coach or an objective friend. You have to be really careful with friends, but you know, to, to really, to really talk through, work through this, because like I said at the beginning, it's so easy to look at the other person and blame them without taking a look at ourselves, which is what you're talking about in this, in these four strategies is what am I contributing to this? Is there something that I can do? And yes, there's sometimes that people can, you know, stand on their heads, do all kinds of things, everything possible, talk to therapists, blah, blah, blah. And nothing changes because there are some relationships out there that that just cannot survive or should not survive. Um, but well, that's I, where you go back. To, that's where you yeah. go back to questions again, mm-hmm. and is to ask yourself how might my how might my life improve by letting go of the relationship, and more almost more importantly than that is what's the payoff? What do I get out of holding on to a destructive or dead relationship? Right. And write it down because I'm telling that. If you do get a payoff, and, mm-hmm. and it may be that you don't have to confront, it may be that you're giving in to your fear, mm-hmm. uh, and then you just, you know, how would I feel if I let it go? And then it's always, what's the worst that can happen if I mm-hmm. let go of this negative relationship? I, and I, Susan and I do this all the time, with not just relationships, but with everything. Right. What's the worst that can happen if you say no? What's right. the worst? Right. Yeah, I mean, and I was going to say, learn it from little kids, because toddlers, that's their favorite word is no. <laughs> so they're telling us no all the time. Or worse, why? Yes. Why? Oh, yeah. why? Oh, gosh. Oh, yes, that one, the, the never-ending why question. So, James, um, oh, gosh, we could talk about this, for, and I would love to you know, have you come back on to talk more about this, but where can people read this article, read more of your writings, get your books? Because, guys, this man is brilliant. I just, I just have to put that out there. He is absolutely brilliant and you should be reading his stuff all the time so james where could they learn learn more okay just first of all these articles are free i don't pitch uh mm-hmm. i do what i call uh my almost monthly monthly newsletter which is what you read uh-huh. and so i'm doing one on ai next so go to uh-huh. uh, yes. my website which is www.jamesmapes.com and just just play in there. I got some wonderful blogs, wonderful articles that, that are picked up, uh, and uh, and it gives a little bit about me because I'm I have a very strange you know, career. I'm the combination of a coach and a performer. I've done six thousand shows that are teaching vehicles. Mm-hmm. Uh, what they'll see is when they look on the website. That's jamesmapes.com. Uh, is I combine entertainment, education, and teaching. Because I find, for the most part, that people learn when they're not threatened. And I've figured out a couple formulas to do that. 
and and believe me, that is that is <laughs> that statement right there is worth its weight in gold because that is so true. That yelling at people or being harsh with them or whatever, it's like you're just gonna that they shut down. Like, and by the way, that's a biological process. It's not something that somebody's doing on purpose. But so please go to his website, and I want you know, and it's really interesting because I'm really reminded as we've had this conversation of a line from the movie, Rumor Has It, where Jennifer Aniston comes back to her boyfriend, Mark Ruffalo, and tells him that she doesn't need to be with him, she wants to be. And that, the difference between needing and wanting is a huge difference. Needing keeps yeah. you from setting appropriate boundaries or rules in your relationships. It often means putting up with things that eventually create resentment. And this will create real problems and often leads to the outcome that you're trying to avoid. So the question that I have for you today is what changes would set your marriage on a better path? And I hope one of the things that you continue to do is to listen to this show. And until next week, stay loving. Stay loving.